and welcome to another episode of At the Forefront, FinTech Conversations. I'm CJ Langua, Senior Vice President of Account Management at Forefront, and today is my pleasure to be joined by Eric Jensen, co-founder and CTO of Causality Link. Eric, thanks for joining us. Hi, CJ. Thanks a lot. Awesome. So founded in 2016, Causality Link applies a multidisciplinary AI-based approach to read and parse millions of words of news per day with the goal of servicing not just what is happening, but why. A few months ago, Causality Link announced that they had added generative AI to their platform, combining it with existing causal AI and neurosymbolic AI models to power a new offering, alerts that extend existing functionality to detect and summarize emerging trends, serving them directly to users while linking directly back to original sources for further analysis. So in today's episode, Eric will unpack this new functionality and user, readers, uh, listeners can sign up for a free trial at Causality Link's website, uh, including how it works, what types of users stand to benefit, and how users are deriving value from these alerts today. And stick around until the end to hear Eric's thoughts on the last year plus of developments in the AI space. It's certainly been a hot one. So Eric, let's get to it. Absolutely. So let's just jump right in and talk some more about this alerts functionality. So. Could you share with us how exactly does it work? Um, how does it bring together these different types of AI? Um, and, and what does it look like for your end users? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, our, our platform has actually had the ability to send alerts, send emails for quite some time. I think that's a natural uh, feature that people expect out of any sort of software as a service platform. And so in this case, we decided we wanted to build something that was uh, a little better at being able to surface really quiet, faint signals. I think uh, when you have a platform like ours that's reading literally millions of articles each month, it can be easy to get lost and it can take a lot of time and effort to go conduct the research process. You have to go uh, even with our analytics and really understand what you're looking for and then compare signals to how they've been changing in the past. And we heard a lot of folks who said that's fantastic, but it's intensive. I don't always have two hours a day to spend on doing my research, especially if I have multiple hats. Um, can't you help us with new ideas? And we said, yeah, we, we think we can do that, but it's really tricky to apply analytics to all this information and then to turn it out into some crisp message. And so when generative AI came along and really shook up the foundation of what people thought AI could do, we thought it was a great opportunity for us to apply our existing technology, but marry that together with generative AI to be able to produce something that was uh, really very easy to consume and also could work passively kind of behind the scenes. Mm. So every day we read all of, uh, you know, we get about 60 to 70,000 articles. This is almost all public news coming in from around the world. We translate 27 languages into English and we effectively index that information as related to a public company that people trade or to an industry that might be interesting uh, if you're looking for new ideas or to some sort of macroeconomic concept applied to a country. So we're watching interest not just in the US, but of course, all the major countries. Um, what we need a user to do to get this new functionality to work is they, they of course have to indicate that they want to receive what we call our novelty report, but they have to give us a few hints about what they're interested in. So it can be as easy as just picking a couple public companies, a couple tickers, uh, you can be more broad and just look at an industry, or you can mix these things together. You can say, I want to 
focus on Germany and I want to understand the automotive space and here's two or three suppliers in tires that I care about. That's a portfolio, as we would call it, that uh, I'm monitoring. Please let me know uh, if there's anything that I shouldn't miss. And from there, we will go ahead and uh, basically wait for the day to close. We, we track everything on a 24 hour basis, but we think it makes sense to wait till the market closes and for the day to kind of be over before we can send you what you shouldn't have missed. Mm-hmm. We look at your interests. And what we're doing here is, is we're saying that if people talk about a topic regularly, if every day they're citing something about sales, that's probably not something you need to be to, to, to have surfaced in your direction. You're probably gonna be able to find that. It's probably gonna boil up uh, on its own in other, in other places naturally. It's really those things that only occur infrequently that maybe you should care about. So we look at all the topics. We look at the past quarter because we think a lot of things are based on earning cycles and quarterly cycles. And we say, hey, have people talked about this topic more often before this point or is today interesting because a substantial amount of that information has all come in at once so maybe 25 percent of everything we've ever heard about something with governance has happened in the last 24 hours okay that's novel so this is all uh, traditional kind of big data and analytics data science we can get that far of identifying that fact without any help from llms or generative ai But what we need at that point is some way to communicate that to you. And in the past, we would just send you an email saying, hey, 25% of the chatter about this topic came through today. You go figure out what they were saying and whether you care about it. When we have generative AI, regardless of which large language model you use, you have to provide context. You have to provide the information, and it's really good at synthesizing that. If you don't provide information and you ask a question, it's prone to hallucinations. It may know about something based on its training. It may be able to kind of conjure up something that sounds really reasonable. But if you uh, don't provide the facts, you're kind of gambling on the results. We don't want to do that with our platform. We hand over the cited information. We give it that analytical statistic, and then we give it quotes from the articles that hopefully are enough context that it can synthesize that, turn it into a nice little statement, maybe two or three sentences. We even ask it to uh, enunciate or to highlight the most material points, maybe the indicator that's changing or the type of event or the location, whatever it thinks maybe is something that we shouldn't miss, we can actually put in bold. We put that all together and we send you an email saying, Hey, here's the topic. There was a, you know, there was some sort of controversy. It happened in Germany. These people were affected. And it's a faint signal. I mean, we, we, we know that uh, maybe two out of three of those, you might say, well, that's interesting, but I don't want to know more. But we think it's so concise that you can just say yes, no, yes, no. You can jump into a link that we have and you can view every one of those articles that supports that uh, idea. And then maybe it just goes onto your radar and maybe tomorrow you're gonna follow up and dig a little deeper. Maybe you're gonna wait to see if it moves up the the ladder. But we've done a lot of testing to say, when these topics emerge, do they accelerate? Do they take off or not? And in many cases, we find that they do. We find someone else starts talking about it. It starts to build, especially if it's important, obviously. But, uh, you know, we're, we're not serving too many ideas. We're not, you know, overwhelming people um, out of 60,000 articles to have two or three ideas on their portfolio every day that might be worth might be worth taking a look at. And I think this is really just a first step into what I think is kind of the, the, the holy grail here where everybody today is subscribed to one or two or three or five 
uh, digest that tell them what happened that day, but I think very few of them are personalized. Very few of them can do more than just say, you know, maybe if you go to Wall Street Journal, you can say, I care about macro or not, and that might change whether you get a letter or not, but the contents are always, if you get it, everyone gets it, and so there's really not a lot of edge there, whereas we're delivering something that's completely based on you, and it's likely that others wouldn't have gotten that same information because it's 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 tuned in that way, uh, and and I think that that reading these things and, and interacting with the system in that natural narrative way is, is making that comfortable. You don't have to do a lot of math. You don't have to do a lot of calculations to figure out what the impact is. It's just giving you a, it's, it's, it's almost like you have uh, a true kind of editor at large working completely uh, for you for very little money and <laughs> you know, th those ideas very quickly. So uh, this is the first offering along those, that path. And I think we're going to continue to broaden that this year and, and increase the number of um, types of summaries we can give you, not just around, you know, fame ideas, but also some of those bigger stories that, that uh, people will trust us to receive once they get a few good ideas. That's really interesting. Um, you know, one thing that I, I love that you said was it's like getting a personalized newsletter just for you, like having your own editor at large. Um, yeah, I, I've been receiving the alerts um, and, and I am on the free trial for full disclosure to, to the listeners. Um, so, I, I, you know, in the free trial, I'm limited to the number of companies that I can uh, track or industries or, or, you know, what have you. Um, and, and it is truly distilled because the companies that I'm following, there are dozens upon dozens of stories that are published every single day. But the newsletter with the alerts, it's not just the companies that I'm curious about. It's only if there is something new and emerging and novel that, that was printed that day that I should, as a potential portfolio manager or analyst, be aware of and, and, and maybe look into. So you know, it's, it's 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 really interesting. You know, when you when you combine all of this excitement over AI that we've seen really build uh, and, and boil over over the past year, yeah. um, with a platform like Causality Link that's purpose built to access, digest, and synthesize information. Um, yeah, it sounds like the the result can can be something that's 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 really special for for you know for for the user. Um, uh, yeah, I think you've talked about this uh, a bit so far, uh, but but let's let's dig in even more. You know, tell us about the impact that you hope this functionality will have. You know, what types of users will benefit the most? How will they benefit? Um, and and you know, great to hear. You know, uh, I think it's pretty clear about how you know portfolio managers are a use case. You know, tell us a little bit about that, but also. Curious to hear, you know, some of the other kinds of users who, who uh, you know, you guys are seeing see some value uh, from from the offering here. Sure. Well, I think the applications to a portfolio manager or analyst are, are pretty straightforward. But um, really, we tried to build this for almost every class of user that we have, and that uh, quickly becomes a lot more uh, moving from professional investors into folks who are interested in just corporate strategy. Uh, maybe they're working for an investor relations within a large company and they just want to keep an eye on what people have to say, not only about them, but also their competitors or areas of the world that are very hard to get information on. Um, obviously, big stories are translated to English and come over all the time, but you can't monitor uh, 26 other languages very easily unless you happen to be brilliant at uh, at. Uh, multiple, you know, understanding multiple languages, but also having time to read them all, which is almost impossible. So uh, moving on to those, I guess you would call them um, the, the, the more amateur kind of uh, investors or people who are just in it to understand, you know, something from the news, but not necessarily to make a trade. 
uh, we think it makes a lot of sense that they can set up their interests and feel confident that they're not going to uh, have to deal with the fear of missing out. Very cool. Very cool. So moving on to our next question, let's let's peel back the layers a little bit more. Um, how you know how are users using this functionality to learn about a specific company or sector? You know, maybe there's a specific use case. Maybe maybe talk a little bit about the workflow of actually interacting with the platform and then sort of receiving uh, those alerts. You know, what what is that? What is that user experience? Uh, you know, what, what yeah. is that? Well, we've had a lot of uptake in the free offering, and certainly we would encourage all your listeners to give it a shot because uh, there's really no reason not to. But um, all you do is provide an email, and then we give you the companies that we see a lot of chatter about as kind of a starting point, but you're welcome to enter, like I said earlier, almost any ticker in the world, any industry. Uh, we use the GICS classification, so you can put in kind of very broad sectors, or you can go down to sub-industries that you care about. And then uh, potentially even countries that that might be worth keeping an eye on. So I would encourage you to type in something like China and see some of the interesting indicators that people discuss, which mm. which can often be in the context of a company. But just kind of hearing about some of that macro news, for instance, I was I was seeing a lot of, of chatter about uh, the relationship between Nvidia and China, which I think many mm. of us have heard about. But just getting some of those kind of novel indicators versus the broader stories gives you a little bit more color or some different angle to think about uh, what might be happening in the upcoming quarters. But uh, you, you simply enter in those companies. And then, like I said, we take it from there. We have some defaults dialed in for what we think is a reasonable threshold of novelty. And uh, we'll avoid overwhelming you with too much information because that was kind of some of the feedback we got from early users is that you guys just have too many analytics, too much interesting data. We want that distilled. And this was our response. <clears throat> But for those who subscribe to our full offering, we do give you the capability to go make some fine adjustments. So uh, once you're a paid user, you can go in, for instance, and you can increase or decrease that threshold. And maybe you are watching a bunch of small companies where, you know, information by nature is going to be novel because there's just not that much of it. So in that case, you can go in and say, well, I want to make sure that 75% of the information that came in the last quarter is today before you bother me because you're giving me you know, the announcement of their dividend coming out, which happens every quarter, because no one else seems to, you know, republish that fact. Great. Or another use case is saying, well, I like what you're giving me, but I really am not so interested in some of the fundamentals. I, I, I will get that through the earnings call cycle. I understand that we have a model for that. We just want to watch events, or we want to keep track of things that are happening in ESG, or we want to dial in and just look for things around cash flow. You might have something very specific that you think is a really important uh, leading indicator where some other indicators may not. Hmm. You can do that in the platform. You can go in, we have a huge tree. We have an, an ontology of over 2000 indicators, about 800 kind of different events. And it's in a tree because that way you can be as specific or as broad as you want. If you just want to say, show me everything around governance and ESG, we might monitor 50 or 60 classes of things, hmm. or you can dial in and say, well, I only care if it's a board action. I only care if it's uh, about Ulan Musk and his and his drug habit or not drug habit, whatever <laughs> it is that you want to <laughs> dial in around. Uh, and I'm not going to make any statement, more statement on that one. But uh, <laughs> you can you can set that filter, and then sure. um, you know you're just not going to be bothered by the platform until one of those things comes along. So we yeah. really want to build that trust that you can go put in ten or fifteen ideas of portfolios baskets. 
and you know you might get four or five messages from us every day or two or three you really can choose whether you want it all or you want very little and mm. i think that's going to serve uh, a lot of broad audiences whether they're looking for ideas whether they're just wanting to keep track of their portfolio and they want to have a warning about exiting if they want to do corporate strategy and see uh you know how others are perceiving competitors all those things can be done uh through through the settings we've thought of that's really interesting uh <laughs> You know, the, the example that you joked about, um, it, made, it made me think of a whole new potential class of users uh, for the platform could be, uh, you know, attorneys uh, <laughs> who are trying to keep an eye on their their own clients or, or others, uh, you know, understand, oh, man, what did he do today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. We have yeah, people is, who are watching, is... they watch patents. A lot of the patents come through our system. Oh wow! Uh, watch legal filings. They watch SEC filings. Those are absolutely valid use cases. And oh, really um, cool. You know, there's there's oftentimes companies can't talk about them until they're public information. So we're one of the first mm. to know. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, it, you know, there it is, right there. You guys have been doing this since since 2016, um, and and you know, you've been at it for eight years, right? It, it's it's this way predates this this trend uh, over the past year and a half. Uh, and the term artificial intelligence itself has, has been in the lexicon for decades. Um, uh, but, you know, with this this attention over the last year, there's obviously room for a pretty wide range of viewpoints uh, in debate. Uh, you know, but besides the incumbent firms and startups that are really starting to flood the market and, and introduce an unprecedented number of AI based offerings, um, uh, you know, we, 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 we see some of these things play out, some of these debates and things like the open AI leadership crisis. Um, you know, what is the future of AI? What, what is, what is even the current state? Um, you know, so, so <laughs> given, given your, 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 honestly, in today's state of AI, somewhat unique position of having nearly a decade of, of commercial experience under your belt and, and building this and testing it and finding new use cases and new, new segments of users, I would love to hear your take on, on where AI stands today and, and where we go from here. Well, like you said, the, the, the term AI and the excitement has been building and dropping on a <laughs> roller coaster since we started and far before that. Uh, my co-founder, Pierre Heron, has been in AI his whole life. He built a, a, an expert system and, and rules-based um, system in, in a company called iLog and sold that to IBM before we became friends. Mm -hmm. um, and he's seen the winters and he's seen the summers of AI time and time again. I think everybody got really excited last year and they, you know, they started to get a little uncomfortable as well because they realized that suddenly this system had some capabilities that infringed a little bit on some of the things that that we do as uh, intellectual workers every day mm -hmm. as part of programmers or traders or whatever, what have you. Suddenly the future became a little more murky about what the, uh, the interplay between man and machine might be. But at the same time, I think we've seen a lot of pushback both uh, from everything around topics like hallucination and some of the problems that these systems have, also the open AI crisis. And all these companies, including ours, by the way, that we're starting to make bets on, on LLMs and saying, look, we, it's a time to, 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 if you can't beat them, you have to join them uh, mm -hmm. kind of situation. And, and we were saying, let's adopt some of these technologies let's start using them. We were in the process of building our alerts functionality and marrying OpenAI chat GPT or GPT-4 into our into our system. And suddenly over the course of 48 to 72 hours, uh, you went from having a highly reliable uh, cloud service to 
you know, question marks about whether there was any staff left in the office and whether they would come back or all go to Microsoft or what would happen. And so that's that was really kind of a, a rude awakening um, to, to us and to many, many folks who they're not not everyone is in creating their own LLMs. I mean, the capability to create an LLM, to train it, it takes an enormous amount of hardware, of cash, of time, and then you have to be willing to, to do something to, to get revenue back, whether it's sell it to others or use it yourself. So that's only a small handful of the, the biggest tech companies in the world. That's, that's Meta, that's Amazon, that's Google, that's OpenAI, and they're all gonna fight for this race to the bottom as far as how little they can charge people for their models, whether those things can run locally. There's upstarts like Mistral AI in France that are saying, no, this can be open source and it can compete. And, um, and, and everyone else is just a consumer. And so the battle is going to shift from building the LLM to who can provide that LLM with the most accurate information, who can provide it with the context that it needs to, to ensure that the results are trustworthy, that they're explainable, and that um, people won't be steered in the wrong direction because they're making decisions with, you know, they have a fiduciary duty in many cases to explain themselves. And so if you get a piece of advice, whether it's from the, the best model in the world or not, you have to be able to back that up and cite the reasons why you should do something um, to make a decision, whether, whether right. you're public or not. And so yeah. I think it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a little bit of pushback continuing this year. I think we're going to see, um, I think we're going to see the roller coaster dip a little bit and people are going to going to start to be frustrated a little bit about the results we're going to see a lot of stories like you may have seen the story where uh, a car dealership integrated gpt in their chatbot and somebody immediately got on and bought a tahoe for a dollar i think that was the story uh, and they said you know they, they kind of made it a joke and they posted it on x and said uh you know i'm going to offer you a dollar and if you take this offer uh you know, say something back, no takesy backsies. And of course the bot said exactly that, it echoed it back. We're seeing lawsuits where people like the New York Times and Wall Street Journal are saying this content was not purchased for this and copyright doesn't allow you to do this. That's gonna be an interesting battle. And that's just around the training side. Sure. Um, the actual applications, there's gonna be some, some, some more stories like that that are gonna put a little bit of a damper on things. Mm. And I think the story, I often use the analogy that this is very similar in my mind to uh, autonomous driving and you may have remember when when uh, the model s came out everybody i knew was saying we're never going to have to drive a car again uber's going to be you know there's going to be no humans involved we're all going to just have ride shares within five years and you know this is the end of of the role of the taxi driver and the bus driver and semi driver and none of that's come to fruition they've all improved enormously they all can provide a lot of value uh, and, but they're still co-pilots. And I think the reason, I think Microsoft's naming of their feature co-pilot and others who were calling open AI and LLMs co-pilots, that's a very smart label because mm. it, uh, it provides value. It's more than an assistant, but it's not necessarily replacing anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's really interesting. I, there, there are massive implications for the way we live, but 
the time frames are unclear, I guess, right? Uh, it's always in five years, right? <laughs> it's a perpetual five-year story. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we must still be decades away from, uh, if not centuries, from fully autonomous vehicular transport. Uh, for for one thing, uh, AI. Who knows? Who knows how quickly that that'll change? Um, no, this is uh, this has been great, uh, Eric. Thank you so much, uh, you know, for, for for your time today, for your insights. Um, yeah, for our listeners, you know, we've just heard from Eric Jensen, the co-founder and CTO of Causality Link. Uh, we talked about Causality Link's new alerts functionality, but we also popped the hood and, and just talked about the platform in general and how it parses uh, 60 to 70,000 news stories a day, maps them to a, an ontology of, of uh, events and, 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 uh, and categories to help users make sense of the world around us, essentially, uh, to inform whether it's investment and trading decisions or just understanding our companies that we work for or companies that we cover. Um, uh, it's really interesting stuff. I uh, certainly want to invite all of our listeners to, to check out Causality Link's website, causalitylink.com. Uh, at the website, you can read about the alerts functionality, sign up for the free trial uh, to, to take a look yourself. Um, and if you thought this episode of At the Forefront was interesting, I uh, certainly invite you to head over to ForefrontComs.com and take a look at our previous uh, episodes of the podcast. Uh, we've got over three dozen now. Uh, pretty interesting conversations uh, uh, like this one today. Uh, but really, uh, thank you to all of our listeners uh, for, for, for joining us once again. And, and, and the biggest thanks of all to, to Eric for, for taking the time out today to talk with us. Thank you so much, Eric. It was my pleasure. Thank you, CJ.